Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I am Lauren, your host, and I want to say first off, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in to another success story episode. Today, we're going to hear from Christy Steppleton on how she turned experience with one client into a whole podcast management business. Christy started as a virtual assistant. She was a virtual assistant for many years, and then one of her clients ended up starting a podcast, and she helped on the back end with some of the podcast tasks and realized that she really, really loved it. So she took that experience, joined the podcast manager program, and turned it into her own unique podcast management business. So in this episode, you're going to be able to hear how she did that, how often she works, and who her ideal client is because she's got a very specific ideal client that she loves working with. I hope this episode gives you another glimpse into what your podcast management business could potentially look like and how all different types of women and men are coming into the podcast management niche and really making it their own. So without further delay, let's go talk to Christy. Hey there, I'm Lauren and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Christy, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk through your podcast management journey. And it's I feel like it's so cliche calling it a journey every time. But there's not a better word to describe what you go on when you first hear about it, when you, you know, you take the leap and you start building it. It's, it is just a journey. It is. And I don't think I've heard anyone that's had my journey in this. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see how different people approach the industry, how they come into it. Um, mine was probably a little bit different than most. I started out, I've been working online for a really long time. I've done virtual assisting for many, many years. And that was my introduction to podcasting. I worked for a gal that um, had a blog, very successful blog, speaking career. She um, she had started her own podcast and launched it. And I had done like one-offs for her, very simple projects. Uh, and she said, I, I really need someone to take over this podcast what do you think? And so I said, sure. I didn't know anything. I had listened to like maybe one podcast before. And uh, so I went and I, I started working for her, started learning everything, really loved it. But I was finding that it wasn't a good fit after a little while. And I was still really motivated to work in podcasting. So I started doing a little bit of searching and I happened on your podcast. And it's like the classic, you know, I binge listened. I was driving two states to visit family. I binge listened to the podcast manager program. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this on my own. This is so exciting. You know, and so I was getting a little frustrated about my current situation. And I remember reaching out to you and saying, hey, is this right? What do I do? Because one of the things that you've always done is said, hey, if you have questions or whatever, reach out to me. 
So I did. And I thought, well, maybe she'll answer. Maybe she won't. She seems really nice. What do I know? And uh, so I, I did. And I asked you the questions and you were like, well, you know, here are your options. These are the kinds of things you can decide on when you're running your own business. And so you did. You gave you gave rock solid advice. I took the advice. I went out and I found another client. I dropped the first client. And then I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep listening to her podcast, but she has this program. And while I had, I had mostly been doing guest management and like not, you know, just like general uploading of episodes, I didn't really have very much comfort level with editing. And I really wanted more of the whole package and picture. And I wanted to know what I was good at and what I could do. And so I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sign up for this program. I'm going to learn all of the pieces, which I did, which was fantastic. I mean, I just, I haven't, um, I haven't seen anything else that's helped me as much as the program has. And so I, I did that. I got through the program, but then I found you had this community of other students and I have just adored that. It has been the most help. Once finishing the program, then I'm in this community of people that if I have a question, I just, I just pop it out there and people are coming in saying, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. And I feel like it's a support system. It's almost like a group of people that seriously know what they're doing and can speak to my particular situation. And that is so unique because we're all in the same business we're all trying to get clients or we're all trying to service our clients. And yet there's this kind of understood, we're all going to get clients. We're all exactly. going to have, there are enough clients for everyone. There's no reason to be super competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. We compete in that we might apply for the same positions and we can all be ambitious about our businesses, but we can also support others while we're doing that. We can celebrate others while we're doing that. Totally. And on that note, you know, you realize when once you talk to other podcast managers that people do want different things. You know, people want different the numbers of clients. So some people, after they get a, a couple, they're done. So they're, you know, they're not looking for new clients anymore. And they're actually looking for someone to maybe recommend to their old clients. Like it's actually so much more of a a network than you might assume before getting into it. And also people like to work with different types of personalities. So a personality that's not going to work maybe for you as much, they're like, oh, someone else is like, oh no, I love that. You know, you could say the same thing about topics. Not all of us want to work on all the topics of a podcast. So there really is more room than you can imagine when it comes to, you know, the space for podcast managers and us having that kind of collaborative spirit. Absolutely. Because by nature, I'm a networking person. I love people. I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love talking to them. When I hear opportunities, I can, I can tell pretty quickly, this is not a good match for me, mm-hmm. but I know other people and I can turn and say, Hey, this would be a good client for you. You know, you're in the entertainment segment or that's your perfect client. Hey, I just saw a job posting for someone that would be a good match for you. Go get it. And I think that, you know, the more that we do that, the more we're able to build not just a community, but also just say, Hey, there's a right person for everyone. Let's keep going in that direction. Let's keep, 
let's keep building in that direction. And it only reflects positively on you when you do that. Because yeah. then you're known as you're known as being someone who is not going to take work that doesn't match them. Or, you know, and it's hard because when you're first trying to get your first client, you're like, any client is what I want. But the truth is, is that any client is not going to be the best for you. So you, you get your first, you get over that hump. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I, you know, I know I don't like this. I don't want to stay in this space or with this person. But then you start to realize that, you know, the good match is a client that you enjoy listening to and that you're going to actually stay with or stay with for a period of time. Yeah. And on, on that note, your first client that you got to learn with, you got Absolutely. to have get some experience with, but there is a level of guilt on like cutting the ties, especially if you're working like very inexpensively for them because you're like, oh, they need me. It really feels like they need you. And you, you can, you can definitely feel that guilt of letting them go. But the thing is like, number one, we need to remind ourselves we're running businesses. And I always just want to remind people that you did serve them so well over the course of months, whatever it is, but it's not going to be a permanent thing, especially if it's not working for you. If you're getting burnout, if you're like, oh, I, you know, I price something wrong and which is very easy to do with that first client. And you don't really know how long things are going to take and what kind of skill level it requires. And those mistakes are okay because you can move on and move onward and upward. Absolutely. And to your point about saying that the the client might not be a good match and you might be underpriced or you might be learning is that when you said, uh, you said this to me actually, and that was one of the questions that I asked you was you're replaceable and you are replaceable. You know, it's like they can find someone else to do the work that you're doing. So let go of feeling, you know, guilty or having that, that idea that, you know, I'll be letting them down. And I think, you know, we as women sometimes have that really kind of self-defeating attitude of, I have a responsibility to them because I worked for them and they paid me. Well, no, you worked for them and they paid you. That's where, yeah, that's the relationship. Beyond that, you can say, this doesn't work for my business anymore. I'm moving on. And hopefully you can do that in a way that it doesn't reflect badly on you down the road, which nine times out of 10, if you just do it politely and with professionalism, it's not going to impact your business badly. Yeah, um, it's, totally. going, it's going to help your business by saying, all right, she was professional about it. Yeah. And well, it was it was time for her to move on to whatever. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I feel like we need to talk more about is that the idea of like enforcing boundaries in our businesses politely. And not, not to say that people are ne- are doing it impolitely. No, they're not they're not enforcing those boundaries because they don't want to come off a certain way. Right. It's like, no, we can, we can be really professional. We can be very polite. We can do things in a very classy way. Absolutely. And still do it and still honor the businesses that we want to build because there's nothing like getting into this and then looking around and thinking, wait a second, I either built myself another nine to five or right. there's something else that's not working for me here. It's right. like you you always have the power to change it, which is really awesome. Right. And and to remember that, you know, people don't think about us as much as we think 
they do. <laughs> yes. Know? They're not they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about themselves, you know, and, and that's fine. It's, it's really not, it's not a big deal, but it is pretty simple to just say, I'm, you know, I'm moving on from this and I'm mm-hmm. glad for, for the work that I did. I, you know, I never would have found this industry. I, this whole new world opened up for me because of the work I did on that first client. And I'll always be grateful for that. But the truth was, is it was time for me to move on. And I found a client fairly quickly and moved on from there. And I I have a very specific group that I work with. And I know that that suits me really well. And it was as a result of leaving that first client that I said, you know, I really want to work with faith-based businesses, preferably women that are looking to build up their own businesses and go from there. And so that is where I focus. That's what my, um, my podcast management business is focused on. Mm -hmm. The um, interesting part is that you learn so much as you're going out after the clients that you like to work with and finding the groups and working the program. And that's what I keep telling people all the time. When you do this, especially Lauren's program, when you do this program, you need to work the steps. It's it's very specific. Go out and engage people. Go out and tell them what you do. Offer, you know, you have incredible help with your podcast, but also with your group. And your team is very clear about, hey, you can try this. If it doesn't work, pivot, try something else. There's always enough room for change and for encouragement and new opportunities. You know, Mm -hmm. the industry has changed. Even just, I started at the end of 2019. The industry has changed so much just in three years. And, you know, the, the pandemic probably had a lot to do with that, but you know, the technology is constantly changing and you, it could be easy to get overwhelmed, but it, you don't have to, you know, there's there's ways to stay in the industry and talk to people that know what they're doing. And again, your program and the group is where I find most of my help. And so that's, you know, I've made some really great friends. There are people that are further along the journey that I can ask questions of. And then there are people that are just coming up now that I, I love and adore. And I'm like, Hey, chill out, relax. It's going to be okay. You know, yeah. there's more to learn. I figured a trick for that. Here you go. Yeah. Or something that you said earlier about, you know, when you're in a group of people doing the same type of work, they have all of these little unique experiences so that when you happen upon this unique experience, whether it's like a technical glitch or whatever, you know, or a client relationship thing that you need to work out, everyone pulls from their their own experience and is able to give advice of like, oh yeah, I've been in a situation like this. And you're like, oh wow, you know, in our real lives, we're the only ones that are podcast managers, you know, in our personal circles, probably. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> having a community where you're like, oh, these people get it. And you can really tap into that is, is so, is so cool. It's invaluable. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that I would have, probably stayed as long as I did if I didn't have that community because mm-hmm. it's made that much of a difference. And, you know, it's, it's, there's no personality like clashes or anything really, because you're just, you're just offering what you've done or what you've said. And then you can pull from, Hey, that might work, or I've already tried that, or I can move on. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just been, it's been incredible. I don't know that there's anything. I don't know that I've seen anything like it anywhere else, to be honest. Very, it's very unique. 
Love to hear that. One thing I wanted to ask you was, um, you you said that you work with faith-based, mainly women, you know, coaches or or what have you. How have you seen that niche grow or change in the last couple of years as far as like, do you see more of them interested in starting podcasts or just tell us a little bit about what you've seen with those specific ideal clients? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, the the niche is so specific and because female entrepreneurs that are faith-based are very wary and nervous <laughs> about appearing different or appearing like like they want to make money. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's really a struggle for a lot of them. And what, what I think that, you know, I think the industry as a whole has helped them see that you can, you can be and do in podcasting, whatever you like. We don't have the restrictions. Now that may change. There've been changes with Spotify and Apple and, you know, that may change in the industry, but I think that they see a freedom that says, Hey, Everybody is welcome at the table. You can have your own message. Nobody Mm -hmm. is going to come racing after you or chasing after you. It's your, it's your podcast. It's your business. It's your platform, which is really in keeping with podcasting. If you think about it, every podcast has its own platform. There, there are recommended formats. There are recommended solutions, but honestly, you can do whatever you like. Yeah. And it's almost like the last frontier in terms of that, you know, in media, in media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The last frontier in media. And so, you know, I think that a lot of faith-based entrepreneurs really want this and they really want to use it to encourage people to come and see their businesses and build their businesses. So it works really well in a lot of ways. But mostly not, you know, I have one hobby podcast that I work on and even they are starting to see, hey, this could be bigger. This could be more. This could maybe generate, you know, money for us down the road. But um, the other clients that I have are primarily saying, I want, you know, I want this to build. I want, Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to make some money. And I'm like, good. There's no problem with making money. There's no problem at all. Yeah, no, I can, I can totally see that that mindset block for them and, and also, you know, putting themselves on a platform and being vulnerable to people judging, but that's the case for all of us, right? It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Absolutely. I mean, that's, and so that should be an encouragement. If you want to start a podcast that supports your business, no matter what business you're in, you know, realize that there are no real rules there, you know, there are no real uh, restrictions. And as long as there aren't, go do it. Because and this is something I said in a, in a presentation I gave not too long ago, is that, you know, if you make a mistake, if it doesn't go well, you can pivot, you can change it. It's not the end of the world. You're not a failure. You can still succeed at this. Just be flexible. And Mm -hmm. we are willing to try a new marketing plan or try a new sales funnel. You know, in our businesses, we're, we're willing to, to try these things. And if they don't work, we'll go, okay, I'll go back to what did work. The same thing is true. If you build a podcast for your business, you can try new things. You can change formats. You can change your art. You can change your music. You can change the name. You know, we like consistency because it helps to build an audience. But the reality is, is that 
like anything else, there's flexibility. Be flexible. Don't worry. Don't think it's the end of the world. It really isn't. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, with consistency, it's like, but if you're not at the destination per se yet, if there even is a destination, but if you're not at the destination yet, then you will be pivoting your podcast or your marketing plan or whatever mm-hmm. until you get to the the spot where you're like, okay, this is the sweet spot for me exactly. and I'm going to hang out here for a little while. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think one of the tricks too is being flexible and pivoting, but really testing something and not just like trying it out for two days. which isn't as common with podcasting, but like with podcast managers, networking, you know, it's easy to like see, oh, this is what social, this is what IG coaches are saying that I need to do. So I'm going to do this for a week. And then I'm going to go over here. Someone told me LinkedIn was good. So now I'm going to do LinkedIn for a week. It's like that approach will definitely burn you out because it's exhausting. Yeah. I do see clients doing it too. I mean, I think the only problem we face at this point is when clients think that they're going to get results the first five episodes. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's a long game. And so when I, when I speak to on my discovery calls, I'm very upfront about that. And I come from a position where, yes, I want to make money at what I'm doing, but it's not my full-time living, you know, it's not my full-time income. And so I have the really, I have the blessing to just be able to, you know, say, Hey, you need to make a commitment to this and realize that yes, you have potential to use this as a funnel and build your business. And yes, you have potential to make money at this, but it does not happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And so make the investment when you're able to make the investment. I've had clients that were financially not prepared to go about three or four months past what what their launch was. And then I've had clients who are like, I'm in this for the long game because I have a message that mm-hmm. I want to get out as well as build my business. Right. And, and those are the best clients anyway, because they stay motivated. Exactly. They yeah. have a motivation that is beyond just, you know, a quick fix, a quick financial fix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, there's other marketing tools where, yeah, you don't necessarily need to have a passion for Instagram. You don't necessarily need to have a, a passion for Facebook ads, but but podcasting is unique. It's a very intimate and connecting, you know, with, with people kind of media. So, so yeah, you, you do want and need to have a, you know, to have a real desire to be a podcaster at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, is that true? Is that enticing? Is that cool? For a lot of people, it is. And so it's it's a good fix or it's a good fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more 
learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. So you you mentioned that this is one of the things that you do. So I'd love to hear more about what else do you like how much time a day do you spend working this business? What else does your what other things do you do with your your free time? Sure. Um, the beauty of, of my podcast business is that I start and stop a lot. And so, so some total, I probably work five hours, three days a week, sometimes four days a week, but I also homeschool. So I'm a homeschooling mom to a teenager. She's a junior in high school and we have, um, we have a lot of starts and stops. So I'll get up early. I'll do audio editing in the morning when I'm freshest. Um, I might stop then and take her to swimming, then come back. We'll have lunch. Um, I'll get back to doing more scheduling type stuff um, in the early afternoon. And then I will you know, take care of some of the other businesses. I do teach a little bit through homeschooling, I teach other students. So depending on the schedule from semester to semester, that is something I'll also do. I'm very involved in my church and I teach, I am a kids ministry person by nature. So I do a lot of kids ministry um, Mm -hmm. and that takes planning and involvement. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is so flexible. This is such a flexible business that it is, it is really open to, whatever kind of schedule you have. I think that if you know that you're a night owl, then you can, you know, you can schedule around that. My family does not like me working in the evenings. And so I don't work in the evenings much at all. I don't work on weekends because that's primarily family time as well. But, you know, in certain circumstances, when there's emergencies, I will, of course. Mm -hmm. The beauty of it has been from the get-go, the flexibility. I have clients that are in Europe, I have clients that are here where I am. I have clients on the West Coast and juggling all of those time zones is sometimes, you know, a lot. But the reality is, is that I have the flexibility and that to me is the number one asset about being a podcast manager is that you you can make it work for your schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, semester to semester as your teaching schedule changes, you can morph this into something. And yeah, I'm glad you brought up the fact that you don't work evenings and you don't work weekends because, you know, those are obviously like possible times that people can work, but it doesn't, it doesn't work for every family. And in, or you don't want to do it long-term. So maybe someone is like, okay, I, I have a couple hours on a Saturday morning that I could help to build up this business, but I don't want to work Saturday mornings long-term. Great. You don't need to. You know, oh, people absolutely. are doing this without without having to to do that or that, you know, that's just an example, but you can really make your own schedule. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? There are going to be times when you have a situation where something out of the ordinary happens and you'll have to figure out how to fit that into your schedule and make that happen. And that happens to me on occasion. And it's like, okay, <laughs> this morning I had an episode go badly and uh, the wrong audio got uploaded and I was like scrambling and I had to run in and, and normally I wouldn't 
even try to do that without coffee. But I ran in and I was like, okay, let's get the, the right file uploaded and fix that all out. But the truth is, is that, you know, it can adapt and adjust to your schedule. And, you know, if you set up your systems in such a way that you can, you can communicate with your client in a way that suits you and suits them, you can work whenever you want to work. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. I even, you know, see in our group and in other groups, people talk about like, oh, I'd love to like take Fridays off. And it's usually people that have clients, their business is really up and moving and they have a hard time setting those boundaries for themselves. But you can even do that where it's like you, maybe you work, you know, Monday through Thursday and you, you right now you work Fridays, but you, you really want to take Fridays off. You can do that. But it does, as an entrepreneur, you have to be the one that tells yourself no. You have to be (laughs) the boss and the worker. Exactly. Yeah, it's like that type of, um, what what word am I looking for? It's almost like a discipline. Yes. You need to be disciplined Mm -hmm. with yourself. And the the best thing you ever said was you need to be the boss of Mm -hmm. your own business. Mm -hmm. You need to make those decisions and then you need to have you carry them out. I mean, it would be nothing for me now to say to a client, I'm sorry, I don't work past 4 p.m. You know, I I told you that up front. I can't I can't work past 4 p.m. Or, you know, if you only communicate with me by email, then it's going to be a full business day before you get a reply from me. Mm -hmm. And if you're okay with that, we can move forward. And if you're not okay with that, and I think it becomes easier as you get more clients under your belt. But that first client, you can even do it with them. Yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's and it's expected. You'll mm-hmm. be respected. If you set those boundaries, you are going to be respected professionally. I knew that coming in from other businesses, and I've learned it even more in podcast management. No one can tell you what your business is but you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's that is definitely the beauty beauty of freelance work. And you know, we've been talking a lot about pivoting and like flexibility and stuff. If you get yourself into a situation where you have a client that is used to you responding very quickly and it just becomes very like demanding, then you can backtrack, right? Obviously, you could get a new client, but you can also (laughs) start setting up those boundaries and say, hey, moving forward, these are the times where I'm going to be you know, at my desk where I'm going to be able to respond quickly. But if it's after these hours, it's going to be, you know, 24 to 36 hours or whatever it is. You can really just, you know, put those boundaries into place. And like we said earlier, professionally, kindly, and but then still be firm. Yeah, and firm. Because honestly, if you think forward, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to come back and say, no, I need you to answer me immediately. And you can simply say, I just can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like throwing back to the client and saying, you know, this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. You get to decide in your business whether that's acceptable to you or not. I'm telling you what's acceptable to me. It's always possible to say, this is what I can do. This is what I can't. And you have options because we have a contract and, you know, hopefully we have an exit from the contract if the exit needs to be made, yeah. which I've learned the hard way. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that they have a business that deserves respect. You have a business that deserves respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty straightforward now. Hmm. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you was, what advice would you give yourself like six months ago? 
Well, I'm glad you didn't say a year and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, six months ago, I probably would have said, be less concerned about the editing and more concerned about encouraging your clients to have good content, to take mm. the time to do, to record good content and be less concerned about the actual editing or the actual audio quality. I think a lot of us get stuck on that audio quality and we can always go back. I would never go back to the client. I would spend hours and hours and hours trying to fix bad audio when in fact it was just one simple statement. You go back to the client, you say, this audio is horrible and there's only so much I can do. Yes. Do you want to re-record or do you want to listen to this and run with it? And that would have saved me two, three hours worth of work. So and, true. And so, yeah. Especially when it comes to a guest audio. The client might not know that the guest audio is bad. And you, yeah, you can have that conversation with them that says, hey, this is really low quality. Give them your your professional opinion on if it needs to be re-recorded or scrapped. But you also, I see people struggle with this all the time of like, the guest audio doesn't have to be amazing. I heard the, it's like an equivalent of <laughs> radio. Let's go back to the radio days. I mean, radio still exists, but back to the radio days where a caller their audio was always off, but we it, it was normal to hear that because it was like the host had good audio and then the call-in person would have maybe not great audio and it was okay. I've heard that that it's really the same thing for podcast listeners that a guest doesn't have to have as good a quality audio as the host. But as podcast managers, I think we think that, you know, it's a real reflection of us and it's not, you know, it, it's like the final product <laughs> has to be like this beautiful, incredible. No, it, because we're not playing every single role. We're not exactly. there recording. We're not there. But so I love hearing you say that, you know, you needed to, to focus a little bit less on editing and more on content. Because I think that's like the maturity of a podcast manager is realizing. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It's like you've matured into, into, you know, your next level or whatever. Absolutely. Because like the content is so important. And listeners will will be forgiving of bad mm -hmm. audio if they're really getting terrific takeaways from the content. And I think if we focus when we're doing editing as a podcast manager in getting the point across without worrying about the audio as much, the quality of the audio as much, but also saying like, I've taken audio and I hear what my podcaster is trying to say, but they've said it in this very disjointed way. And being able to like switch things around so that the, the message really is driven home. And I walk away from that going, I've done my job. Yes. I just made my client look fantastic, you know? Yes. And that's, that's what jazzes me up. That's what I love is that I want my client's podcast to sound good from listening, not necessarily from audio. And audio, you want to do a good job on audio. That's not what I'm saying. But mm -hmm. if you put more emphasis on getting your client's message to be the best it can be, for sure, you're going to feel a lot better about it, for sure. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Now, as we wrap up, I'd love to know where you see your business going in the next six months to a year. Are you like happy with the services you're offering or what changes or, th or things do you, do you want to happen? I definitely think I'm going to have to start bringing on some help because I just, and I am, I'm, I'm grateful for, for the clients that I have and um, it's terrific work, but 
if I don't move to something a little bit bigger with some help, I can't maintain this. There's just, I love what I do and there's just not enough hours in the day. And that to me is if you're running out of hours to focus on your business, then you need help. Go get help, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's an agency model or just um, outsourcing some tasks, but it, it's got to come and it's got to come soon. <laughs> Yeah, I I find that to be like my favorite part of business is growing a team because I love working with other people. And it's funny because as you know, as freelancers, you're not really even working that much with them. Yeah, yeah, you're just <laughs> you know, you're sending not, them tasks. And... Yeah, you're not like in an office with them, obviously, yeah. or anything like that. But I just love like building a team. And so I'm I'm excited to see how how that goes for you and and what you like about it. Thank you. Yeah, I really think that, um, you know, as an extrovert, having more interaction with people is always going to feed you. And I do, I do meet a lot of introverts in podcast management. But when you come across that rare bird of an extrovert who loves people, you're like, hey, do you have a team? Yes. And I'm like, I'm getting a team. This is the answer. That's so funny. It is funny. Yes. Well, Christy, thank you so much for sharing a glimpse of what your business looks like and how you how you started it and got it up and running. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Where can the listeners find you after this episode? The best way to find me would be probably my link tree or um, on Instagram, but I'm at christy.podcasting on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.